just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. We have one of those great programs where we have a listener that comes on the program. And this gentleman is named Dennis. He's from California and uh, Southern California. And he, he wrote a couple of emails and we talked before. And Dennis, uh, you're a TikToker and a podcaster, right? Correct. Yes, yes. And and you're doing very well on TikTok, and you're doing very well on the podcast. And and you were ta- you. telling me about you know the followers and stuff, and that's impressive. But I pointed out when 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 I took your email, I said, well, sure, it's easy because Dennis is a pretty talented guy. He deals with leather and and that sort of thing, and you can tell us more about it. But he's got a lot of talent. He's a young, good-looking guy. Oh, I don't so what, know about that. So talent, what, maybe. Well, yeah, <laughs> but looking, I don't know. Well, well, see, you're smart enough in your videos. You don't typically show your face, so you're showing your, your 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 best qualities. But but the fact of the matter is, I've always said, well, sure, you have a lot of followers. Be a big old dumb white guy <laughs> like me with no fucking talent and get followers. Now that's doing something. <laughs> you know, I think not to cut you off by any means, but I think that the thing that stood out to me because I found your podcast through your TikTok. And for some reason, your TikToks pop up. I mean, that's how the algorithm works. Like if you're interested in something, it's going to show you more. And the duration of how long you watch a particular video from a creator, they're going to pump them to you more. And the reason why I gravitated to your commentary is your age and the the fact that you are not, not a conservative at your age. I just feel that that kind of, that kind of goes hand in hand, and you remind me of uh, my 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 grand or I'm sorry, my my godfather, who is also very similar in the sense that he's he's very liberal and he's an older guy, and it's funny watching him on Facebook battling his friends and just clowning him about being you know QAnon QAnon members, and he cusses a lot, you cuss a lot, and I just I like it. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh... For being on TikTok as long as I have and and, and uh, the peers I have watching and, and connecting with me, um, it, it's it's good that I'm this age and, 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 and don't have as big an ego as I once have because I get a lot of young people like you and a lot yeah. of attractive younger women saying, you remind me of my dad or my <laughs> grandpa. No one says, Mike, you're goddamn sexy. You are a first <laughs> trap, motherfucker. Nobody says that. They say, you remind me of my kindly old grandfather. Well, I'll take that. I'm 62. I'm a grandfather, and I will do that. Let's let's just talk about real quickly about the stuff you do, because I think people will find it interesting. And if they aren't watching you on TikTok, they probably should be, and listening to your podcast, for that matter. So tell us what, you, what you're kind of into here. So on TikTok, um, as a creator, I make um, high-end, like, luxury leather goods. and the spin on it is that I do a lot of like carving and painting on the products that I make prior to getting into leather craft. Um, I was a tattoo artist for, you know, 10, 12 years. So I took the, the imagery that's like traditional in tattooing, the American traditional tattoo style and the Japanese uh, style like that. And I just started 
applying them, applying that onto, um, onto leather. And there wasn't anyone else that was doing it that way. So I was able to kind of catch a niche market and work with a couple celebrities and did, did some stuff. Uh, I'm not sure if you know who Killer Mike is, but he's pretty outspoken in the political world as well. Yeah, yeah, I do know him. From Run the Jewels. And I've, I've worked with him and uh, that kind of just boosted me a lot. And I started making videos and uh, it's just crazy because what I find the reason why I stand out so much in, I guess, the, the leather smith community is the majority of the people that are doing what I do are middle America conservatives that are, in your words, Trump humpers. So I'm right in the thick of it with a lot of people that I consider friends, whatever their political beliefs are. Um, I still consider them good people because of my interactions with them. But I stand, I mean, I'm heavily tattooed. I cuss a lot. I you know, I play a lot of like, you know, punk rock and hardcore and a lot of hip hop music within doing my lives. And it just appeals to a different crowd than I think that cowboy like Western feel. And I always joke, like I've, I've never ridden a horse. I don't own a cow. I don't wake up to a rooster every morning. Like I'm full blown like city flicker. I've, I've lived primarily in city locations. I'm right, right outside of LA. And uh, yeah, I just, I got into it when the pandemic really hit and I had to work from home and, and I just, I, I needed something to, to keep my mind focused. I struggle pretty severely with anxiety and depression. And I know if I had too much free time, it wouldn't be a, a good thing for me. During that time, I, I started drinking and using drugs a lot more. And I ended up through it, detoxing, got, got sober and I'm coming up on three years of sobriety and having leather craft is my new addiction is it's just been beneficial i started a business a full-time business maybe eight months to a year after starting leathercraft and it's been going i do it full-time and i'm shipping products all over the world new zealand japan everywhere so i i feel really fortunate that i picked up something that i enjoy and i like and uh according to people i'm pretty good at it yeah absolutely if you watch his tiktoks um You'll see that. It's it's some very beautiful stuff. Congratulations on being three years sober. Thank you. Here's one area I can beat you. I'm thirty-four years sober. And I never That's regretted awesome. I never regretted it once. I, I you know, from the time I was about fourteen to the time I was about twenty nine, I did my share. <laughs> I don't feel I don't feel like I missed out on anything. I don't drink now. My wife drinks a little. Doesn't bother me to be around other people to drink. It's just kind of normal now you'll get used to it after a while it takes a oh, little i'm i'm totally used to it um you know there's all these milestones that you go through when you first become sober one of them for me was flying because i would get blackout drunk before flying like i mentioned i have anxiety so that helped with the anxiety going to a wedding was a big one because you go to a wedding it's a place you drink uh, yeah. and another one me and my wife went on vacation like on a cruise and that's all party all the time. And we've done it before. And my memories of it were partying. But like you said, I don't miss any of it. I, no. I don't miss the hangovers. I don't miss the going through my text messages or phone calls and being like, man, what did I say? Who did I say it to? Like, and I, I will, I mean, drinking is the worst thing you could possibly do if you have anxiety. Because you wake up before you even open your eyes, you're having panic attacks. And 
yeah, I'm just a better person. I'm more present. I'm more, I'm healthier and I'm better at what I do. I slow down my thought to get projects done a lot quicker. So it's good. I, I found when I drank, I had two different levels of drinking. If I was drinking beer, I was funny, tapping people on the shoulder going, hey, how you doing? But when I drank hard liquor, it was, hey, how you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? I was in there shit. I wasn't mean, but I was obnoxious. And so yeah. I said, fuck that. Fuck that. I'm not doing it anymore. And and frankly, my wife was a little encouraging, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I had two different kinds of drunk, too. Uh, the first one would be sober and the second one would be blacked out drunk. I didn't yeah. have any gray areas. It was as soon as I cracked that first beer before it even hit my mouth, I was there to get fucked up. I didn't, I, I still oh, yeah. don't see a point of why would you have a couple beers and enjoy them? Like I'm going to have a couple beers and fuck up my life, end up in a poorhouse in Mexico or like it was, <laughs> it was wild. Like it, there was no, like there, there was no, like, there's no breaks. It was it's full a, throttle until I, I regretted everything I did. It, it's amazing that when you're drinking, how many good ideas you get. And then when you wake up the next morning, you go, that was fucked up. I mean, I, I grew up in a different time. We're talking the 70s and 80s. And it was a much different time about driving drunk. I mean, the, there wasn't the stigma or the or the uh, punishment for drinking and driving as there is now. And there should be. I, I'm all for it. But like you Absolutely. said, I'd get I'd get up in the morning, and a lot of times the first thing I'd go is walk out to. And this is horrible, but this is true. I'd get up in the morning, I'd walk out to my driveway to see if I had any dents in my cars, and that's <laughs> yeah. fucked up. The whiskey bumps, yeah, I've been there. I, I mean, I I respect the the idea of not drinking and driving, and I've always had that. But there was definitely times that um, I shouldn't have drove. I probably oh, yeah. would have blown to get. You know, and the thing that I still think about to this day and what I'm so grateful about is that I never hit anyone. And now yeah. I don't have to worry about that. Someone crossing the crosswalk at night, you don't see them and you hit them and they die. That's inv involuntary manslaughter. Instantly, your life changes. And I, I just, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah. I just, there, there's nothing I miss, like you said. My, 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 my sons went through a period like I did, not quite as dramatic as I did. And they were drinking a little bit too much. They're young. They're partying and doing all this shit. And I sat my son down and I said, there's three things you're going to have to choose from when it comes to drinking. You can drink responsibly and drink the rest of your life. You can stop drinking and never drink again. Or you can continue doing what you're doing and fuck up your life and everybody around you. So those are your three choices. Which one do you want to go with? And they yeah. both pick the drinking responsibly. But like you, when I started drinking, I drank for one reason to get fucked up. And that's yeah. the wrong reason to drink. I don't have a nice cognac just to settle me down or take the edge off. I'll take a 12 pack of beer and fucking slam that thing so I can get good and buzzed up. So that's not the right, right attitude to take. The best choice for me was to just stop that shit. And I'm glad I did a lot. My life would have been vastly different had I not done that. Oh, 100%. My life was going down the shitter immediately. And, uh, yeah, like what you said, there there are people that are able to drink responsibly, and I don't I, I don't admire those people, but I also I, I I have no my like my wife she she drinks occasionally way less now that I'm not drinking because she didn't want she doesn't have to tolerate me and she doesn't have to try to keep up with me. Um, but what I find now is when I'm in places where people are drinking, 
and they start slurring their words or they start they start talking too close and it's obnoxious. I don't feel embarrassed for them. I feel embarrassed for myself thinking back that I was like yeah. that. And I'm there like, man, go. like this is how people thought of me. And it's embarrassing. I still have things that like I, I still have to write wrongs with people. You well, know? I, I, I did the smart thing back then is is I didn't hang when I was drinking, I didn't hang around sober people. All my friends were just as yeah. fucked up as I. So we all thought we were fucking cool. Right. <laughs> Even though we were. I did the same thing. And then I ended up having to drop about 90% of my friends. As soon as you tell people you're not drinking anymore, uh, then you show up a couple times and you don't drink. Because everyone says, oh, I'm going to quit for a while. Or I'm going to quit drinking. And then you go back to drinking. But when you do that, <clears throat> excuse me, people people stop calling you. You're, you're yeah. not invited to think. You're not fun anymore. Yeah. You're not yeah. fun anymore. Well, let's go from... Uh, one pleasant uh, topic to another. Let's go from alcoholism to fascism, because that's what was the the, the precipice for you um, contacting me via email. You were talking about, uh, if people remember the email, you were talking about Ron DeSantis and down in Florida and how he is kind of pushing along the fascist agenda. So t- tell me what you were thinking about at that time. Well, I see that Ron DeSantis is getting a little bit more popularity. It seems like every week, every month, he's being covered on mainstream news. I feel like he's being covered more on the left side of the mainstream news and almost the right. I think people are still a little bit more attached to, to Donald Trump as far as the Fox News and the OAN and, you know, Newsmax and everything like that. But it seems like the, the left leaning you know, MSNBC, CNN, which really isn't like meaning anymore. But that that kind of stuff is making it sound like Ron DeSantis is a savior to get us away from Trump. But I find him to be a far greater threat. He, he's smarter than Trump. He's uh, he, he's got a little he's got way less baggage, but he, it's scarier because he's able to put action to the most extreme versions of Trump. And just recently, I'm sure you saw it, that they they took every single book out of schools, out of libraries, and they have to go through a vetting process before they can be put back in. To me, that's like, okay, now, now we've crossed from um, the threat of it to now we're walking into actual fascism because that's exactly what happened. It's happened since, um, you know, the Greek and Roman times where rulers didn't want to be able to they didn't want people to know the history that put them in a bad light or their predecessors in a bad light. So they would just remove all of the history and rewrite their own history. And it's scary. It's really scary. It is absolutely scary. I mean, how can you have a school without books? That seems like an oxymoron. You, you got to have books and, and they want to take everything out just to be careful. And you're right. Uh, everything about Ron DeSantis is fascist, and he probably is smarter than Donald Trump. But that puppy you told me about is probably smarter than Donald Trump. So <clears throat> I don't know that that's saying much. I, I just I find Ron DeSantis smarter than Donald Trump, but not nearly as powerful. And I think yeah. two two years is a long time. I just don't see Ron DeSantis even being in the mix when it comes to the presidential election. I know. A lot of people disagree with me, but 
you know, think about any presidential election and who came out two years prior. They always end up being left behind. There's a lot of things that are going to happen, not only in this country, but in Florida that may cause Ron DeSantis some problems. I just I, I just don't think he has the staying power to do it. And I don't think he has the balls to do it either, because he's going to be raked over the coals when he comes right. out as a possible candidate. I, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. I think at the in the long run, I don't I, I don't think that Donald Trump will be around to actually run. Um, so I think, I mean, if things, if it were to be tomorrow, I would assume that, um, Ron DeSantis would be the leader after Trump is gone, whether he's invited or whatever happens, he gets too sick or he just loses interest. I don't think he's going to be around. Um, and I, you know, to a certain point, I agree with you as far as what you said, you know, you may be wrong, but you were you were pretty accurate on the midterms where everyone else was saying this big red wave was coming on. And uh, you, you were really close to being right on it. You know, we lost we lost the house, but not by much, not not enough for anything to actually happen in the next two years. But before moving on, the, the thing is, is it's not necessarily just the actions that he could do as president and start employing some of the tactics that he's doing in Florida, more nationwide, but he's doing it in Florida regardless. That's still, right. that's still an area within, within the union right, that right. is being, it's becoming a fascist state. Even if it stays within its Florida borders, it's still, it's still scary to me. It is, it is scary. And, and, you know, I've always loved Florida and uh, I've, Spent a lot of time in Florida. There are beautiful places in Florida. The one place I haven't been is the Keys, and I'd like to go back there. But I just feel no desire to go to Florida. I'll give you an example. This weekend, I'm going to Savannah, Georgia, a place where my wife and I have a place, and we love Savannah. Uh, uh, and I have to, because my wife works for an airline, and they don't fly into Savannah directly during this time of the year, I have to fly into Orlando and drive out of Orlando up to Savannah. It's about four hours. I got to tell you, we also flew into Jacksonville and drove to Savannah. I can't wait to get out of that fucking state. And it makes me feel bad because there's a lot of good people in Florida and there's a lot of beautiful places. But Ron DeSantis and the whole Republican fucking the Republican Third Reich have pretty much destroyed that state for anybody of a reasonable mind to go want to visit, which is stupid because the basis of their economy is on tourism. And every day, Ron DeSantis and all the Republicans do everything they can to destroy tourism. I could. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's I know it's just shocking that one person can have as much power as a governor as he does. And like what you're saying there are good people. I mean, there's good people everywhere. If you if you want to find good people, you're going to find them. If you want to find bad people, you're going to find them. It's it's really a mindset. But I think that there are a lot of stupid people. I mean, not to be brash, but I I, I feel that there's <laughs> Republicans gen, generally let. Uh, I'll generally say it. Republicans are fucking stupid. Yeah, they, they just don't use critical thinking as much. I feel like and. That goes, I mean, that's the idea, right? Like, right. Th- that's the Republican idea. So them removing books and dumbing down education is all part of the plan. So it's not, it, it shouldn't be shocking if you follow, you know, the 14 principles of fascism 
and no history as far as and you had a guest on that was a historian by no means i'm an artist i'm not a historian and i'm just opinionated right uh-huh. but if, if you can see it if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck what do you think it is believe people when they tell you what they are right exactly and 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 you know the funny thing about america is that this little uh flirtation with fascism it isn't the first time in this country if you go back and listen to rachel maddow's ultra podcast incredible it's an incredible podcast it's you know you do a podcast what's the name of your podcast again it's called wake and make it's a podcast around centered around makers whether woodworkers leathersmiths um i don't know people that work with their hands and have creatives so check check that out. Um, but would you agree that what Rachel's Maddow's podcast is more than a podcast? A podcast yes, is a like this where you and I sit and talk. It's almost like a combination of an audio book and a documentary because they have the cuts of the voices and stuff like that. It's an amazing podcast, and it's very entertaining. And it's a little chilling, too, to know how close we came to fascism back then and apparently learned nothing because we're at it again this time around. I, you know, it, it's funny that there's a few things that, you know, I, I mentioned this in previous um, emails that, that you've read on your podcast, how I get real, real bad anxiety about the current state of politics. And I can only watch it. I, I have to balance it. If I start feeling that like crappy feeling inside, I just got to step away from it. Realize that by me not watching it, um, the world isn't going to burn down. If nothing's going to change just because I'm not subscribing to it for a few days or whatever but listening to that podcast and listening to the way that you speak calms me down a lot because um the place hasn't burned down yet right you know it's still it's still moving forward and you know it's important to not um get too worried about things that you can't single-handedly change things are going to happen the way that they do one one of the ways I've learned to manage my mental health, and and I'm either the most emotionally healthy person or the craziest fucking person, but I found there there's there's one little mantra I have that keeps me sane in my mind, especially with all this stuff going on, and it's I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to worry about anything I can't control. I'm not going to worry about anything in the past. I'm going to assume things are going to be the best and not assume they're going to be the worst, because if I assume they're going to be the worst, then I'm going to get anxiety. And history would prove out that that we get through just about anything. You're too young to remember the 60s, but that was a fucked up decade. It's similar to what we're dealing with now, if not worse. But here we are. We got through it, went through the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and now we're going through some shit now. But we will get through this, too. It will level out and everything will be fine. And as long as you have faith in that and trust that, the anxiety will subside a little bit. People worry about too much shit that never happens. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think there was a shift in me after the midterms when I realized Okay, we kept, you know, we kept the Senate and uh, and the the House. Nothing's going to happen there. So th- there, there's nothing. <laughs> if anything moves to the Senate from the House, it's going to get shut down. And it's, when it, Biden's not going to sign off on anything. So I don't think that there's any major threats. I think all of the investigations that they're doing is just going to be um, shooting themselves 
in the book because it's going to it's going to reveal things. And if they bring in people for questioning, I mean, just yesterday, um, Matt Gates was talking about doing the Pledge of Allegiance, and that yeah. guy was like, "The you shouldn't lead the Pledge of Allegiance if you supported an insurrection to shut down, um, you know, to, to overthrow the government." That's the that like that's the. I think they're going to be getting a lot. The Republicans are going to get a lot more of that in the next two years. And I, I, I guess I switched after the midterm from, oh, my God, this is scary. Like, there's so much going on to um, it, it, it's a reality television show that we're living in. So just watch it in that sense. Like some people like watching the Kardashians and some people like myself and you are able to to stay up on politics and just be like, it's a shit show. We can't do anything about it except laugh at it. Some of these yeah. people are fucking idiots that you're like, how do you even, how do you tie your shoe, let alone like be a lawmaker? Like, I don't get it. I'll, t- I'll tell you how people worry about shit, even the smallest shit. I was having an argument with my wife yesterday. I let her win because that's the only way for me to win. But Smart but, man. But, you know, she she's my age. She's 62. She's been driving since she's 16. And she's in her car. And then the little light goes off that says, you've got a tire that's low. Now she goes, oh, my God, we got to stop. A tire's low. we got to fill it up. I go, honey, from 2005 on back, you probably rode on nothing but low fucking tires because you didn't know there was no signal. And now you're freaking out about it because it's dummy lights telling you that the, the, the tire's low. Relax. We'll stop at a gas station. We'll put some air in it. It'll be cool. But people freak out about the craziest things, and our media doesn't help us much because they play off of all our fears because those fears get you to pay attention, and then they get paid from their sponsors. And that's part of why I do the Rational Boomers because I'd watch this shit, and i go, yeah, that's a little scary, but what's the real deal? I try to find out all the facts, and you brought up exactly what, I, what I've said. The media will come on and go, oh, no, the Republicans are doing this in the uh, House of Representatives. They're going to investigate this. They're going to investigate that. Everybody gets all wired up because of this shit. But like you say, and like I've said, nothing's going to come of it. They're just going to yap their lips and do nothing and kill themselves for 2024. So I'm cool with sitting back and let them rant and rave all they fucking want because I know they're going to lose. And Mike, I got to be honest with you, because of your stance on that, that's the way that I view things quite a bit, quite a bit differently. Like, I just go, the more fucked up things that they do now, the better it's going to be for us in 2024. And maybe, you know, uh, 2026 and 2028, because like you said, people do forget in the long run, but people have short term memories. And they're going to see the current Republican Party, like, you know, the centrists, the, the independents and the, you know, the people that they're trying to win over. They're going to always have a 30 percent of crazy people. And that's not going to go away. Well, I'll tell but, you this. I, I just want to tell you something. You know, sure. we see the Republicans kind of divided in the House. You got the MAGA fucks and you got the people trying to step away from them. They're trying to do everything to step away from them. And I thought that might be helpful to the Democrats to actually get things done. We don't want to be associated with MAGA because they're fucking losers. But guess what? I was just watching the TV news. They had the 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 vote on whether to remove Ilhan Omar from the committee. 
And there were a few people that were Republicans that were going to say they were going to vote no against this. But Kevin McCarthy went in and leveraged them or blackmailed them or whatever, fucking offered them anything. They just had the vote. <laughs> and a long, Repub- a long party lines, they voted out Ilhan Omar from her committee meeting. So for my money, as much as they want to separate themselves from MAGA, now, as far as I'm concerned, every Republican in the House is MAGA. They all need to fucking go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I want to double back just to one thing. Sure. Martin, we were talking about um, the, the media in general, and I think that there's people on the left that think, oh, it's only, it's only the right side that really, um, you know, conjures up fears and um, gets crazy. It's both sides. It's a, it's yeah, a it absolutely They, is, they so. work in cahoots. And you know, I'm not ashamed. It's 2023. I'm a male. I have no problem saying that I go to a therapist. My therapist told me, don't take any of this serious. It's a for-profit business. The scarier they make you, the more you're going to come back to it and the more they can sell their ad sense for. So that's it. if you're struggling like I do, that's something really important to know that the left is trying to scare you to make you hate the right. And the right's doing the same thing. The best thing you could do is watch international news and see what yeah. other people from outside of the country really think. Because as Americans, that you know, are uh, we think that there's nothing outside of America that the entire world revolves around us. We, you know, we don't get to get a perspective. We think everyone in the in the whole world loves us and they all want to be us and they want to adopt our culture. That couldn't be further from the truth. I've done a lot of world travel and. That's not, they're concerned about us right now. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's another mantra that I follow, and it comes from a great philosopher who's passed away since. And this philosopher once said, as he came out on a stage, he says, I'm afraid of you motherfuckers. And of course, I'm talking about Bernie Mac. You know, he, oh, yeah. Bernie Mac was, uh, following a, a comedian and, and it was a horrible audience. So Bernie Mac says, I got to get him on my side and said, I ain't afraid of you motherfuckers. And then that's, but that's a good message because I think fear hurts us so much, whether it be anxiety or afraid of what the media is telling us or afraid of what the Republicans are telling us. This should be a signal or a red flag for the Democrats to change their style. Do what that guy did to Matt Gates in the House of Representatives when he suggested uh, suggested about doing the Pledge of Allegiance. Get in their face. Embarrass them because they have everything in the fucking world to do to to embarrass them. I, I did a TikTok, and the whole TikTok was about how stupid Republicans are. And for whatever reason, that literally went viral. I got a million to a million and a <laughs> half views on that, which is far more than I normally get. But people are resonating with the fact that Republicans are stupid. They are on the run. It's going to get worse in the next two years with the indictments and the investigations. What we need to do is have a killer instinct. We need to pound on them, and we need to fucking finish them. Yeah, the, the, and I'll even go further. I think that Republicans are stupid, and that's the, the general base. But I think that um, Democrats that are in that are empowered are empowered are cowards. They never do anything. They 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 campaign on things that are going to stir up emotions on the left. For me, from you, other than when they have an opportunity to get in there and make a change. 
they get mowed over by Republicans because Republicans right. are bullies. And it frustrates me. And there's a lot of times I have conversations with people on the right. And I have to agree with it because I, I don't I don't consider myself a part of a, par, a, a party. I'm, I'm very left. I'm a leftist, if anything, but I don't I don't see eye to eye with the corporate Democrats. I think they're almost worse than the Republicans because they're a sheep and wolf, and, you know they're a they're a wolf in sheep's clothing, and I I get frustrated because I'm like this is this is our representation for for the people on the left. Like uh, at least the the fascists have Matt Gates and you know uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. They have their representation in office. The leftists don't really, except Bernie and AOC. Right. It's, you know, it's people, a bummer. People, because I fight against the Trump fucks and and I sometimes side with the Democrats, I'm by no means a Democrat. In fact, I see myself more as a capitalist than a Democrat. And here's why. If I'm a Democrat and I'm in the middle class, or if I'm not anything and I'm in the middle class, we're paying the bulk of the taxes to run this country, to give tax breaks to the fucking rich. And as a capitalist, if I'm paying some shit, I better get some shit back. And the Republicans don't give us anything. And frankly, the Democrats have been falling short for decades, too. So call me Democrat, call me Libtar. But if I'm paying my money, I better fucking get something. <laughs> and we haven't been getting shit. None of us. And that, that's the thing, too. It's that. It's not only that we aren't getting directly what we want. We're not getting anything. You know, maybe no. it's, uh, it, it's my experience. The older generation, we'll call them boomers, my dad, my uncles, whatever. Me? Whenever, yeah. <laughs> whenever, exactly. Whenever they don't like something, they go, well, I don't want my tax dollars going towards that, whether it was Obamacare or the phones that he gave out to uh you know, homeless people. Well, I don't, my dad all the time, I don't want my money, my tax money going to that. I'm like, well, I pay taxes and I do want myself and I do want my money to go to social programs. So, and <laughs> so, so why, why is your tax money and what you, what you want to do with it more important than mine? And that there's never an answer. It's just selfish, selfish, selfish. I want all of the money that I, put into taxes to go to whatever, whatever it is. Well, you know, it's, 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 it is selfishness. <laughs> it's short sightedness. It's stupidity. And they have been gaslit by the Republicans saying, Oh, we can't afford that. I, I've told this story before. Remember when they were going to pass the build back better bill? Yeah. There was something about that that struck me and that kind of irritated me. The Democrats were touting it as the most transitional bill in 80 years. Okay, cool. Yeah, we we got to do that. Wait a minute. The most transitional bill in 80 years. Well, in those 80 years, Democrats have been in charge time or two. How come it's taken 80 years for us to get fucking anything? That's not what democracy is about. The vast majority of the people who want certain things should get that. But we have people in the House, people in the Senate going against their own constituents as to what they want to decide what's good for the country. And that's therein lies the fucking problems. And people are so so forgetful and short-sighted that they'll still vote for the motherfuckers that are taking shit away from them. And they'll be gaslit by the things Republicans say and believe anything they fucking hear. That is the problem. We do have a 
we do have a crisis of stupidity in this country. In one of my TikToks, I said, you know what? In this country, government has to attend a crisis. And the crisis of stupidity is so bad in this country. Not only should we pay off their fucking loans, we should make education free for everybody to fix this fucking crisis. And guess what they're doing? They're removing books. Because they don't want the general public the, the, the general population to be intelligent. And th- that's not me going full conspiracy theory, but the left version of it. It's, it's the truth. Like when, when people remove books, not, I don't know. There's certain things that just, it, it, it bothers me. But to go back to what you're saying, I think there's a misconception in the United States. And you hear it on a lot, a lot on the left, but we got to save democracy. We got to save democracy. And I, agree with that but we aren't a true democracy we're we're a uh representational democracy so you vote locally in your state to put people into power that are lawmakers or whatever and they're going to do whatever they want and what they do is when they're campaigning they work on your emotions whether they're right-leaning and they're telling you that there's caravans coming up through um Mexico and they're only sending rapists and all of these things because it plays on your um fears. your racist yeah your racist fears okay well they're brown and I hate them so I'm, I'm going with this Republican and the the people on the left that are trying to get elected hey we want to get uh, free college we want to make sure that there's universal health care we want to make sure all these things other than when they get into office they don't do shit they don't do shit so it's not really a democracy. A democracy, would, and, I mean, not to mention the electoral college, right? So, right. if we're if if we were a true democracy, we the people would be voting on bills. We would go, uh, however that looks. Maybe once a month, we get a you know uh, something in the mail for every bill that's coming up that's going to be voted on, and we check what we yes or no on the things that we want. They're counted. That's law. I'll give you an illustration of how the Republicans try to gaslight us. And for some reason, a faction of our country believes anything they're told, which is ironic because we know Republicans generally are pathological liars. We heard them talking about all this 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 money and how Social Security and Medicare uh, need to be cut. These entitlements need to be cut because of our deficit or our debt. Which is interesting because the Social Security and Medicare have nothing to do with the fucking debt. And then they started talking about, yeah, we're going to cut Social Security and Medicare. Then, for whatever reason, they finally realized that, oh, that's not good for voting. That's not good for elections. Maybe we shouldn't say that. So they now come out and say, no, what we really want to do is strengthen Social Security and Medicare. No, you don't, you lying motherfucker. You're just going to do, make it sound like it's good for us and then fucking stab us in the back like you've done a hundred times before. And the problem is some people believe it. And that's why I do this. I'm going, don't believe that shit, motherfucker. He's lying to you again. This just happened though, right? They, right. They, you know, the, through, the, through the, um, the Supreme Court, they, they, um, do the whole abortion thing right before they're going into campaign season or in the middle of it, we're getting close to election. Everyone on the right, no, 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 that's not what we're going to do, except stupid-ass Lindsey Graham. Um, They're all, you know, they're just saying that's not the direction that we're going. 
Oh, then as soon as they get in, they go, no, no, that is actually what we're doing. It's the same thing with cutting Medicare and, uh, and Social Security, which I, I don't understand where I'm sure they're on the right, right side media. They're, they're not promoting that. They're not saying that the Republicans are doing that, right? But who watches that goes, oh, yeah, I want to get rid of Social Security. That's uh, how, how do people constantly vote against their own interests? I, I don't stupid. get it. Stupid. Well, if you want to know if if the Republicans will lie to you, I'll give you one illustration. And then we got to take a break. The illustration sure. is Obama's in office. He's in the last year and a half of his of his second term, and he wants to appoint Merrick Garland to the Supreme Court. Republicans, Mitch McConnell says, no, you can't do that. You got to let the people choose. We can't let you place somebody in the last year. And Lindsey Graham said, yeah, we stand by that. And I guarantee you, if we're ever in that situation, you can call us out on that, too. So what happens? Donald Trump comes to office like six months before he's going to be out of office. They appoint somebody doing the very thing that said we shouldn't do because so they fucking lie to you. It's as simple as that. And if you don't understand, they don't lie to you. If you don't recognize it, you deserve to be fooled and taken advantage of. Dennis, uh, we're talking to Dennis from Southern California. We'll take a quick break and we will be right back. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast with me, Dennis from Southern California. He is a listener. He's also a TikToker and a podcaster and uh, a leather craftsman and quite a good one. So check out his TikTok. What what are you on TikTok? You're on 21 grams. 21 grams underscore leather good. So that's 21-G-R-A-M-S underscore leather goods. So, yeah, they're they're very well put together. They're very well produced. So exactly the opposite of me, because <laughs> I do no production on the TikTok. Uh, but but check him out. And, and the podcast name again is? Wake and Make. How can they find it? Uh, wherever they get podcasts. Is it a video Spotify. podcast? Is it a video no, podcast? No, no, I was doing, just like you, I was, I, I got in, I started by doing, like recording the Zoom and trying to chop it up and putting it on uh, YouTube, but it, I don't have time for it. I, I just, you know, I own a business. So it just went, it went completely audio. I did the first season and then I took a little break off and I'm going to get it going back up, but it's just, it's just an audio um, podcast on Spotify. And I, I use uh, the same service that you use. So it goes. Oh, Anchor. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, I have no problems with it at all. It's it easy. works really well. And it's free, which is perfectly yeah. fits my budget. Um, well, you know, a lot of people think you do a podcast and TikToks and you're raking in all kinds of money. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I ain't. I don't, I don't really care. No, I just hit, uh, what is it, 10,000 uh, followers on Instagram. So there's a few things that I can monetize off now and only a hundred, uh, I'm sorry, a thousand on YouTube and I can monetize there. TikTok, I don't hear anyone doing that fantastic. I probably wish I would have when I got like, you know, a million view videos because yeah. you might be able to make a couple bucks, but literally a couple bucks. Literally a couple bucks. Literally <laughs> yeah, a literally. Couple buck. And um, Anchor, unless you're getting like, and I don't know what your numbers are. I don't know if you want to share that, but I, I didn't see it. To let your listeners know, you're not making a shit ton of money off of what we're doing. No, no, we're not. Yeah. And, 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 you know, for me, 
that's just fine because when you're young like you are, you think to yourself, God, it would be nice just to do what I want to do without having to worry about keeping the lights on and feeding the kids. Well, even though I don't make a lot of money off the podcast, you know, I'm old enough to have a pension and Social Security and other investments and stuff. So while I don't make much money off the podcast and TikToks, I still don't have to worry about keeping the lights on or 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 feeding the kids. Thank God. You know, They're both over six foot tall and they're in their fucking thirties. I don't want to have to feed those bastards. <laughs> it's it's funny that you say that because um you you mentioned like your dream is always to just do whatever you want. And that's something that you know, I, I try to spend as much time talking to older people as I can because I, I find there's a lot of value and there's a lot to learn, right? They they've lived longer than you. So right. That's something that is always said in the later years. You're never, you're never going to go back and wish that you spent more time working for a corporate job. You're going to wish that you did more things that you wanted to do. You want to spend time with your family? Spend time with your family. Money is it, it's great, and it's a tool, and you're able to feed yourself and clothe yourself. But anything after that, it, it's do what you want because right. your time is more valuable. You can make more money. You can't, you can't accumulate more time. Well, the interesting thing is all my life I've done pretty much what I wanted. It's just that when I was younger, it pissed a lot of people off. Now I can get away with it. <laughs> you know, it's I, I do what I want, and I, I keep my business far, far, far away from anything political. I'm starting to lean into it more of, like, my opinions, again, on fascism or, you know, defending your trans friends or all of these things. But I really try to keep myself separate. And the only social media I have is for business because if I didn't have a business, I wouldn't be on social media. I, I don't like it. It's not necessarily, I wouldn't be producing, I guess. But yeah, th this is the only outlet where I could potentially um, piss somebody off and it, it feels really good. Well, and, and for me, it's not so much business. I, I've been on social media for business when I was in business, but not quite like this. Uh, fortunately here, it's, it's only because I'm an attention whore and I, and I need, <laughs> I need the attention. So that's, that's, that's why I do it. And, and fortunately it's feeding that ego, which is great. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. it's, our, it's, our, I can't get it from my family. You know, if I start talking about. <laughs> They, if I start talking about politics, my kids are like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't want it. They don't want to hear the shit. So when I have a young guy sitting there willing to listen to me, it's a great joy to me because <laughs> I don't normally get that when I'm at home. That's the thing, too. I was telling my wife that I was going to be coming on this podcast. And I, I do a lot. I mean, I, I run a podcast and I do other podcasts that are centered around work stuff or art stuff or whatever. Right. And I was telling her. Um, I was telling her, yeah, th this guy, Rational Boomer, that I listen to, like it's a political thing. I, I listen to it in the morning and I, I'm going on this podcast to discuss this stuff. And she's like, oh my God, thank God, because I'm tired of listening to you talk about this. Like, <laughs> and she, she agrees with me. Like, she's a little bit more right leaning, um, uh -huh. but not really. I mean, she's still very, very left leaning, just right leaning with me. And we have great conversations about it when we drive, but. She's not up to date on the, you know, what happened with Matt Gates or what happened with, his, you know, all right. of these little nuances within politics. And she's into watching TV and I can't watch TV. I just, I, I don't find any value in it. I have to be doing something. And uh, she explained it to me, like, politics is your thing. Like, you right. like listening to it. And I told her I was coming on. She's like, 
she's just like, man, this is good for you. You're going to be able to talk to someone that is passionate about what you're passionate about. Because I don't, I, I don't talk about this at the grocery store, at the meat counter. You know, that's not something I discuss. So it's well, fun. I'm, I'm excited. This is cool. Well, tell her she should come on the show. I'll flip her. Oh yeah. I'll flip her. <laughs> yeah. Just warn her. I'm not a thirst trap. Just say, no. <laughs> talk the shit out of your hairs, but you know, yeah. uh, uh, you, you mentioned something we were talking about before we went on. And I've often said, you know, when I do this show, uh, I get a lot of people that agree with me and that's fine. And I think it's good that we get people of a like mind together. Um, but you have some things you disagree with, and, and you're more than welcome to do that. In fact, I, I encourage it. But your line of thought is oftentimes my biggest pet peeve. So let's get into this shit. Let's go, Mike. Put your dupes up. So, so go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You go ahead. It's your thing. Go ahead. Tell me. So something that is your pet peeve is that you get frustrated with people that think that there isn't going to be accountability coming for Donald Trump as far as indictments and all of these things. And I have a hard time. I have a hard time thinking that it will. We were told when his house was, you know, uh, searched by the FBI that it was only a matter of days, matter of weeks, matter of months. And then, you know, after the midterms, after, you know, uh, November, the, the indictments were coming, and uh, then after the holidays, and then now we're, we're in February. Like, I think that we've been told that for the last seven years that there was going to be something that was going to make Donald Trump accountable, and we haven't seen it. So the natural reaction is to think we're not going to see it. And the best analogy that I have is if a kid is told every week, or every month that their their parents are going to take them to Disneyland, and then they don't go to Disneyland ever. Eventually, that kid's going to think, "Well, we're not going to Disneyland," and that's the way I think a lot of people feel, including myself. And there's nothing, Mike, in the world that I would rather be wrong about, so that I could come back and be like, "You're absolutely fucking right. I apologize." Oh, you don't have to come back here. I'll I'll be looking for you, no. motherfucker. <laughs> Trust me. Perfect. Trust me. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait because I'm going to go on the TikTok and the podcast and say, all you motherfuckers, I yeah. told you. Well, well, here's the thing. When I talk to somebody like you, they say, it's been seven years. Nothing happened. It hasn't been seven years. It's been two years because all the time he was president, he wasn't accountable. Because of that memo in the DOJ, they weren't going to indict him under any circumstances. They did the Mueller report. He committed 10 occasions of obstruction of justice anybody would be indicted for those things but he couldn't be because he's president so those four years while he was president don't count as far as i'm concerned because there's no way he was going to be accountable so now we're at two years two and a half years and you have to understand i'm as frustrated as anybody i keep waiting for this next event where they we're going to wait till after this and it needs to get done and I'm particularly frustrated by the fact that some shit hasn't get gotten done. I'll give you an example. We're talking about this, you know, getting Ilhan Omar off her committee or or the not or pressuring us to uh, uh, do something and make cuts for the debt ceiling. 
It's my contention if the DOJ has done their job with those sitting members of Congress that were involved in the insurrection, if they handed out a few of the indictments that they are inevitably going to hand out, we wouldn't be going through this shit. It would get those fuckers off a position of power. So I think the DOJ has fallen uh, fallen short there. But I do agree with that. I do. You know, they've the, fallen short. The, the, the thing about it is, is though, that that whenever I hear people say this, and forgive me, I'm not trying to be insulting to it. When somebody says, when somebody, well, actually, I'm frequently insulting, so maybe I do intend to say. <laughs> um, the thing about it is, is whenever I hear say somebody say, nothing ever happened to Donald Trump, nothing's ever going to happen, he's not going to be held accountable. In my mind, would I imagine a little child saying, it's not going my way, so I'm just going to act like nothing's going to fucking happen. And that pisses me off because you're adults. You can look at the situation and understand what it is. First of all, if there is an indictment with Donald Trump, it will be the largest trial in the history of this country, in the history. So they are trying to be careful. I think they're trying to be too careful. But there's the, the other part of it is to say nothing is going to happen to Donald Trump. His his. Uh, the Trump Organization has been convicted of seven charges of fraud. His CFO has been convicted. He's going to lose a civil trial fairly soon with Letitia James to the tune of $250 million, and he won't be able to run a business in New York. He's got investigations. He's got searches on his property. He's got uh, you know depositions that he's tried to get out of but can't. He's got courts going against him saying, no, we're not dismissing that. Yeah, you got to go see E. Jean Carroll. You're on trial for that. So to suggest nothing's happened to Donald Trump is fucking crazy. You're a guy, you said, with anxiety. Think about all that shit hanging over your head. How good a year are you oh, having? <laughs> you know, so I know that you want me to push back, but that portion of what you just said, the, the latter part, I, to I totally agree with. And I think that the difference is that he is being held accountable on certain things, but people like myself, people like you, probably the majority of your listeners want to see him in jail, want to see him, whether or not in a jail cell or home arrest with the social security or, you know, the, the, the his protection, I'm losing my train of thought, but um, the people around him, I think that, that's the desire that the majority of people that are frustrated with him and the crimes that he's committed want. So I agree with the sense that there is a sense of accountability. What's going on in New York, that, that's accountable. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. But to double back and, and kind of push back on the initial thing is you said that he wasn't able to be uh, held accountable, essentially, for those four years. And it's only been two years. I don't know if it's a pushback or a question, but wouldn't it have been possible for people that people to kind of gather information and as soon as he were to get out of office that there would be more action going on and it wouldn't have taken two years to start seeing anything happen? 
Oh, yeah, I agree. They did gather the information in the Mueller report. As much as he said it was a hoax, it was very damning against Donald Trump. And theoretically, they asked Mueller, they said, you can't indict him now, but once he's not president, could we indict him? And he said, yes, of course. And you're absolutely right. A lot of that information was gathered. Unfortunately, we have a bunch of gutless people in politics and everything they look at is about politics. Oh, it might make it look like we're 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 affecting the election or the holidays are coming up. Yeah, no, I agree. That's absolutely right. They're too fucking slow and they aren't reacting. But you can kind of understand why they're so slow because what would happen here is unprecedented. They're afraid right. to fail. I mean, I think most people in this country are afraid to fail. And the thing is, I'd rather make the wrong choice than no choice, because at least I'm moving forward. If I fail, I go, okay, I'll fucking spin around and do something different. But people are so paralyzed in their fear about what might happen. And again, it goes back to what I said before. Most people are afraid of things that are going to happen that never fucking happen. We're in an unprecedented situation. Yes, it's unusual. It's out of out of character for us to indict a former president. But I think uh, the the gentleman, his name is Reich, or Reich, the former Obama guy, um, can't remember his name, but he's brilliant. Uh, he said, yes, it is unprecedented <laughs> to indict a, pres- a former president, but it's even more unprecedented to have a former president tried to mount a fucking coup and steal top secret documents. See, the thing is people think he's not going to be indicted. And I'm convinced people like you and people with that same mindset would not have been happy unless on January 20th, 2021, when he was immediately office out of office, you wouldn't have been happy unless they cuffed him, perp walked him and put him in jail that same day. And that was never going to happen. And that's the part that I agree with you because I wouldn't have been happy if that didn't happen. I'm not happy. Like nice push, nice pushback, Dennis. (laughs) Well, okay, so okay, so the conflict that I have in in what you're saying is, I I kind of I I see myself where, you know, the same, and we're we're hearing it all over the place. Don't go for the king unless you can kill him. You, You hear that? There always seem to be these phrases that are constantly used over and over in media for months or whatever that becomes so commonly used. And that's one of them that we're hearing. Don't go after the king unless you can kill him, right? So I understand that taking your time gathering as much evidence because if he is indicted, it's important that you don't fail at that. I can I can understand that. But then my emotional side and my human side is get this motherfucker right away. So there's the rational side (laughs) and then there's the emotional side that are fighting each other and uh if it takes a little bit longer and they're able to put him away and he's held accountable, I'm happy with that. I think the majority of people will be happy with that. Um, but if they jumped the gun and they weren't able to put him put him away, then we would all be we would all be bummed about it. So um, there is that conflict, and it, it, it comes from an emotional side, Mike. I think that the people that that are kind of of a like mind of myself, they just want to see him gone, just like right. you. It's just being promised something over and over and over again. I mean, you see the people and I and I, I watch Midas Touch. I know you you brought them up, but yeah. every single every single video that they put on YouTube is breaking news, breaking news. It's indictment season and it's always like you feel like there's carrot like 
held in front of your nose. And it's no different. They're, they're trying to get views. They're selling ads. All, all of it, it would, there's nothing wrong with that. I sell ads on my podcast. I work with sponsors through what I do. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's the constant, like, keep tuning in because indictments are coming. Indictments are going. Yeah. Or I forget his name, the guy that does Justice Matter, which I love. I've yeah. learned so much legal terminology and understanding and the, the process of legal procedures because of both Midas Touch and I forget his name. Um, but because of it, but it's always indictment season. Things are coming, you know, and it's like, man, how many times? I, I told my wife the day that Trump gets in, uh, in, indicted, I'm going to a real, a real meat market and I'm getting a big ass tomahawk ribeye and I'm celebrating. That's what, because, you know, I can't eat that all the time because clout, you know, can't, can't eat it all the time, but I'm celebrating my ass off when that, when right. that does happen. Well, how, how old are you, Dennis? I'm 38 years old. 38 years old. I have a son that's 35. And what I know about you motherfuckers are you're all about immediate gratification. Oh, for sure. Sometimes you got to wait a little bit. And, and, and sometimes you got to wait till you're 62 to realize that patience is a fucking virtue. And uh, I've been married for 39 years, going on 40 years. I wasn't a patient. Thank you. Um, that more from congratulation for my wife than me. Uh, up but, with your ass. but yeah, but when <laughs> I, when I was young, man, I had no patience either. Uh, uh, and, and I learned after being married, as long as I have been married, that either you get some fucking patience or you'll be killed in your sleep. So I took right. the easier road and I learned to be patient. The, the, the thing is, is that, um, Donald, Trump has so many things hanging over his head. Some are tougher cases and some are easy cases. Now, like you just heard about Elvin Bragg bringing up this hush money thing uh, that he was involved in with Michael Cohen to Stormy Daniels. Uh, and this dumb fuck, every time he goes on the media, he implicates himself. Of course, he's always been saying that never happened. Well, recently he went on and said, well, that happened a long time ago. Oh, you're confessing now, motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. So, but, but anyway, Michael Cohen made a good point. And I, I contend that uh, we don't need five indictments. We only need one and that'll start the fucking avalanche. And Michael Cohen seems to think that this potential indictment with uh, um, Stormy Daniels and the Manhattan District is probably the easiest one, and it makes sense. They've already gone through a court case, proved Michael Cohen was guilty, put him in jail, called Donald Trump an unindicted co-conspirator. So if he's a co-conspirator, he's equally as guilty. They just didn't go after him. So now they are going after him. If Michael Cohen was found guilty, surely Donald Trump will be found guilty. Now, the punishment might not be great. It might not be the death penalty or anything, but it will be an indictment and it will be uh, 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 arrow to the heart to Donald Trump because he will be proved wrong. I don't know how many narcissists you know, but if you take a narcissist, you prove them wrong and there is no way out. 
their life is a living hell. They flail. They do stupid stuff, and they put themselves in bad situations. Uh, they end up very badly. Now, whether Donald Trump ends up in jail or not, I don't really care. But if he's broke, his life is destroyed, and he's roaming around Manhattan in a dirty diaper saying, I was great once, I'd be fucking ecstatic with that. I would be happier if that were the case. I think that, you know, one of the, the emails that I sent you is people's obsession with Trump. I, I am speaking really of all of these things. I'm speaking about myself, right? Obviously. So um, I only got interested in politics because of Donald Trump, because I am so the opposite. I, I believe in compassion. I'm empathetic. Like, I'm not greedy. All of these things. And I saw him and people gravitate towards him. But if I'm going to be honest with myself, there is a certain side of me that doesn't want him to completely go away. Like they, there is, it, it's a hobby. I, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things that I'm interested. In. And I think that, that it would be a sad day, but I think I look forward to 20 years from now, 30 years from now, there being a Netflix special or whatever equivalent at that time of all of the stupid tweets that he wrote and how it indicted him and how it all plays out and how all these crazy QAnon, QAnon people in the, you know, the, the Trump fucks to, to borrow one of your, your words is how it looks in 30 years from now. Like I think about that all of the time. Like you, you, you can watch documentaries about world war two. You can watch documentaries about world war one, all of these major world events, you know, uh, the, the Watergate stuff, there's more documentaries on that than whatever, but I can't wait until there is documentaries about it. And I hope that the, the people that were so in love with Trump watch that down the road and go, man, I was, I was a fucking idiot. Like, how did I get dragged into a cult? This is insane. Well, I think, I think what you're going to find, though, is, is more than people questioning. If you're talking 20 or 30 years from now, and you're questioning whether why people fell in love with Donald Trump. I don't know that that's going to be an issue. We're looking at a pretty significant paradigm shift in this country. We know the millennials, your people, and the Gen Zs had a big played a big factor in the 2022 election. We know they're going to play a bigger role in 2024, and in 2028, I'm told that millennials and Gen Zs will be the majority voting in presidential elections. And frankly, millennials and Gen Zs vote 70% Democrat. So the Republican Party has a short shelf life at this point. 20 from 30 years from now, we're going to see a different country because younger people are going to be running it. And uh, people are going to go back and look at, at, at Donald Trump and be appalled like they might be appalled by civil rights and the way people of color were treated back in the day. Uh, you can say, I mean, being 38, you don't know anything of the civil rights period in the sixties and early seventies and how, well, I didn't experience it, is. it, but I, I've studied it enough that I, I know some of it. I, I didn't live it, but right. But, books, but, but, but documentaries, but, that kind of stuff. But, but there's very few, well, there might be some people now that look back at the civil rights saying, Oh, I fucked up on that because most of those people that were involved in it are dead or so old. Who gives a fuck? Um, but you do look back on it and you go, that was fucked up. We don't want to do that again, but still somehow we do. It's crazy you say that because the people that went to Woodstock 
that protested the Vietnam War, that stood up for civil rights, are the the Fox News audience right. now. Well, that's, how, does, how does that happen? Like, that's, that's crazy. That's the weird thing. As much as I'm a boomer, I'm a young boomer. So I was too young for Woodstock. I was I was in my single digits during the civil rights thing. Uh, uh, I, I always lament when I was younger, I was lamenting. I was too young for free love. <laughs> and I was too old and married for the other <laughs> sexual re- revolution that we had in the 80s or whatever. I'm going, fuck, I lost on every level. <laughs> but but um, that that's the ironic thing. I I see these people who I saw when I was a young boy, they were older and they seemed free love and love everybody. And now they're the Fox viewers. And, and, and you know what happened to them? Fucking money happened to them. They became corrupt and they started saying, instead of love everybody, I guess it's really easy to love everybody and have compassion for everybody when you don't have money. But once you get money, that greed grabs a hold of you and says, this shit's mine. You can't have it. So that yeah. that's where the change is. And conceivably, you millennials and Gen Zs could go through the same thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I could totally see that. I think that although I want you to be right that the Republican Party dies out, and it, it, it very well, it, it appears that way. And uh, just the same way that I, I hope that Trump gets indicted, I'll also have a tomahawk stake when the Republican Party fizzles out. Um, I, I'm not so sure that that's going to happen, right? We're, we're never sure of it. And there's still, there, there is a scare. I, I, maybe that's too strong of a word, but there is a caution that there, that the right just gets more and more right. It might decrease in numbers, but they only need to take over the government once. It's not like, you know, fascism in itself isn't getting voted on. It's just taking it over. Well, I'll make you feel a little better here, uh, Dennis. Being 62 and having some years behind me, I can tell you this. I am fucking right, and I'm sure. So rest <laughs> easy. Fucking rest I have easy. to thank you. I have to thank you because your delivery of how you are, you can be crass, you can use language that resonates with me. And uh, the way that you're able to, calm your audience or at least me you're doing a great service it might be a small demograph but it's it's people like me that appreciate you being able to talk us off the ledge and remind us that the world isn't imploding and uh there's a lot of things to to look forward to well it's tough to do when a lot of people are trying to tell you the world is imploding because they're trying to gaslight you to get whatever they want out of you to make you vulnerable and and manipulate you to watch their cable cast or vote for them or whatever. Uh, I've always been kind of an individual and I don't, as my wife will say, and my mom would say, and everybody I ever worked for will say, he doesn't listen to shit (laughs) because I don't, I don't. I've always pushed back on stuff and, and it's pissed some people off over the years, but it served me well because I think I'm in a better mindset now than than I could be. I know a lot of people in my family and people of my age that suffer with crippling anxiety. And for whatever reason, I'm not anxious at all. I wake up every yeah. day and say, I'm fucking winning this one. And, yeah. and, and so I create that reality for myself by believing that I'm not going to fucking lose. The world's not going to implode. It's going to be okay. And people say, well, how do you know? 
And I'll tell you this, Dennis, I'm, I'm 62 years old. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I can't say it enough. The way I know for sure things are going to be all right, because at 62, I'll guarantee you, I've gone through as many trials, tribulations, tragedies, upsets, disappointments that you've gone through and then some, and some that you will go through in the future. And guess what? I'm 62 years old, doing a fucking podcast in my living room, living on a lake where I like, doing what the fuck I want, saying what the fuck I want. I truly believe I'm one of the few people that truly has the First Amendment right. And what I mean by that is that most people have somebody they have to answer to, their boss, their family, their wife, their friends. Oh, I can't say that. People will be mad at me. And again, it goes back to what I said before. I don't give a fuck. I'm here. I'm laid bare. Warts and all. You either like me or you don't like me. And either way, I'm cool with it. Yeah. You know, that's... That's freedom. What what it you're doing and what you're saying is actual freedom. Where the, the the freedom fighters on the right just keep taking 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 away from people and call that freedom because it's freedom. It's not freedom. Right. And and I I admire what you're doing and I think that it's uh, yeah it's cool. I think I think that that's the ultimate goal, right? Is to be able to do what it is that you want. I mean, that's the reason why I quit my job and I work for myself. I'm over making other people money, number one, and I'm over um, having to take direction from people. I, I I joke all the time. I'm the hardest boss I've ever had just because I'm super disciplined and I, I grind, you know, right. I, I get after it, but I never was good at taking direction. And that, that, that caused a lot of rips with even, even my dad who always sided with my boss, even if, no matter what it was. Yeah. I don't get that. I'm not sure why that happens, but I got sidetracked. I apologize. No, 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 no. That's no problem. I, no, I agree. I, you know, all my life I've been kind of the rebel, especially in my jobs. I've been fortunate enough to every job I have, I've been able to adapt and become the best at what I do. You know, I, I've gotten into a lot of things that I don't know anything about it, but I pay close attention. I study, I work real hard and then I become the best. And, and and then when I've done that, they go, ah, just leave that fucker alone. He's doing a good job. Let don't even fucking mess with him. And 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 that worked well for me. It pissed people off. Um, people will get mad at you if you're confident or outspoken because they will think to themselves, I'm not confident. How dare that motherfucker be confident? Or or they'll say you're cocky. And I've always said there's a thin line between cocky and confident. A confident man or woman knows what they know and they'll stand up for it. A cocky man knows everything and won't fucking shut up about it. And that's right. the or difference. they know nothing and they won't shut up about right, it. Right, they're right. Well, when I say they, they know everything that's in their mind, they don't know jack shit, of course. But, there, but there's a quick way to know. That if somebody if somebody's intelligent, they'll be the first one to say that they don't know anything, that they're constantly learning. But the person that's an idiot will tell you they know they already have it all figured out. There's no winning with those kinds of people. And you just stop talking to them because you're gonna lose. You're not gonna make any groundwork with those people at all. Well, I'll give you a secret about what I do with the TikToks and the podcast. People will say, How do you know so much about that stuff? Well, I'm like the high school teacher who reads ahead in a book looks at it, pays attention, and then processes it in their minds and then spews it out in a voice. 
the things I know when I do TikToks, it's not like I've had this vast intelligence all my life. It's that I see a story, I dig into it, I take the time to look at all the aspects, which most people don't do, and then I get that in my mind, and then I put it together and, you know, spew it out at some point. If more people did that, I think there'd be less people uh, anxious about things. So since they're not doing it, that's the whole point of me doing what I do here with the Rational Boomer podcast. I'm doing the homework for you and then telling you what really is fucking up as opposed to what the media wants to tell you. Absolutely. I got I got a question for you. Yeah. Um, through, through the time that you've been really interested in politics and you, you, you've been discussing it, I know you've mentioned on your podcast that you used to be pretty active on Facebook, which Facebook is just a, a place for fighting and disagreements yeah. and I'm sure there's people in your your family that you don't see eye to eye with, and um, I don't see it all. <laughs> yeah, how do you because of that? How, how do you deal with somebody that you that, that you want to persuade to? I don't even know what the word is. I guess how do you conversate with someone that has such a vastly different view so that you can connect with those people, or do you at all? I don't. I don't. I mean, I've you tried. Don't. I've tried in the past. To be honest with you. Um, Politics was always in in my mind, and I had opinions. It wasn't until Donald Trump that that I really got involved in it, because you see, people want to call me a libtard or a Democrat uh, because I'm siding with them against the Republicans. But I'm neither a Democrat or a Republican. I'm for one thing: what's fair, what's right, and what's true. If the Republicans are selling it or the Democrats are selling it, I'm on board. If neither are selling it, they can both fuck off as far as I'm concerned. Somebody has to be the arbiter of truth and what's fair. And we haven't had that a long time in this country. So that's what I'm espousing. Not Democrats, not liberalism, but what's fair. What's, I mean, because right. if you go far right or far left, they don't want what's fair. They want what they want. And there's right. some place in the middle. It may not be in the dead center, but there's a point where it's fair. We pay money. We should get something. You can call that liberal or whatever, um, but 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 I don't see it as that. I see it as right and wrong. Now, as far as talking to these people, I've tried to talk to these people. I've had a couple of podcasts with libtards, uh, uh, <laughs> Republican Trump fucks on the show. And it was a right, shit I've listened show. to him. And it was a shit show. I mean, somebody says, well, what, what do you think is going to happen? I said, I think I'm going to fucking destroy them. And, right. and, and and they say, what makes you so confident? Uh, do you think you're that good at it? I said, it had nothing to do with me being good. I'm dealing with truth and what's right and what's fair, and they're dealing with the opposite. I can't help but win. If I can talk right. and speak on their level, they can't answer my questions, and they will get destroyed. And I also happen to have a little bit of a mean streak in me to make them look stupid. So I'm happy to <laughs> right. do that. But right. I don't typically talk to them because they don't want to learn anything. They're not willing to soak up anything. So by doing what I do with the TikToks and, and, and the Rational Boomer, it's basically – being loud and proud, doing exactly what the Republicans have done for years. I mean, I run, I run into friends of mine and, uh, you know, I deal with a lot of people that are racist and stuff that I grew up with because where I grew up with, and, you know, and I'll see them sometimes someplace, haven't seen them in a long time. And they'll do stuff like black people. Right. And I go, no, wait a fucking minute. No, 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 no. And what's weird, what 
angers me. And my wife does this to me a lot too. <laughs> Somebody will come up to me, not knowing that I do what I do and say, say something racist. And my kids will look at me and go, oh, shit. <laughs> uh -oh. Here comes the storm. And so, like, I had I had a family member say to me, well, I never liked Obama. I said, really, why? What didn't you like about him? And he said, well, you know, I just, no, really, what, what didn't you like about him? And he stammered and stumbled because now he knew he was on the spot and he backed off of it. I walk away. My wife, <laughs> my wife yells at me and she goes, why are you trying to start shit? I go, I didn't start shit. I didn't make the racist comment. I'm just asking why he's racist. So I get the blame for starting shit. I'm just supposed to let these guys go do what they want to do. And in order to not stop start trouble, I don't push back on them. Well, that's not my fucking nature. And my wife included, you're not going to stop me. If you say something stupid in front of me, I'm going to ask you to substantiate that. And if you can't, then I'm going to call you out. I think that it's interesting because I've been in a situation, I'm pretty outspoken and the people that are in my life are, they're aware that I'm very outspoken, anti-racist, but something that I've realized soon or, or recently is that the people on the right overuse the term cancel culture or um, they're, 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 you know, they're censoring or this or that. And the first thing I ask them is like, what can't you say? Uh, then I just lace into it and I won't say it on the, cause I don't mean this, but I'm like, when I say the word, I'm like, you can't say the N word. You can't say the F like what, what word can't you say that you want to be able to say there? No, no, not like that. Like, okay, well then tell me what word it is. And they, uh, 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 and they, they can't say what it is. They just want to yeah. be able like, they don't want repercussions for saying shit. And then if you tell them like, Oh, well this company is, uh, drop their contract with this person. I'm like, are you a capitalist or not? Like, do you, do you yeah. believe that this company should have a choice to uh, have people on uh, representing their company? Or like, do you not believe that? Or, you know, do you believe in, do you believe in uh, private companies? Then a private company can set the rules for their company like Facebook right. and they could kick you off if they don't like it, it, But those people will fight back no matter what you said. In my experience, what I've been trying recently, especially on Facebook, and I mentioned this to you a couple of times, is I like to use that that new AI thing, their chat GPT. Right. And I'll take whatever their comment is, I copy and paste it and put it in there, but above I give the commands and I go, um, speak as a historian and explain why it's important for us to keep our alliances with um, our allies in regards to Ukraine. And also use historical facts and say it in a friendly way that this group of people will be able to understand. And then you comment and the people, one of two things are like, Oh yeah, I can see where you're coming from or uh, uh, it lowers the tension or it, they just implode because you said something that was factual in a nice way that wasn't calling them. Oh, you fucking stupid Trump, blah, 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 blah. Like if you're just kind to them, they're either going to not know how to react or you're going to be able to have an actual conversation. And the ultimate goal is to find something that you agree with, with everyone. I, I think that that's maybe I'm too optimistic thinking that, but that's worked for me recently really, really well. Well, you know, as far as uh, cancel culture, 
whenever the Republicans complain about cancel culture, we've got to stop this. This is not fair. This is not right. Cancel culture. Really, motherfucker? What are you going to do about it? Because cancel culture is very simple. You say fucked up shit. You do fucked up shit. People will cancel you. So the problem isn't cancel culture. The problem is you doing and saying fucked up shit. Stop saying and doing fucked up shit. Then you don't have to worry about cancel culture. It seems so fucking simple. Right. It's weird that, like, the the left gets, like, if you, if you mean left or somebody that is on the right, they start associating all of those buzzwords with you. Oh, you must have been a, or, or, or you're a socialist. And I'm like, you're you're thinking that uh, an economic system is uh, political. That they're two different things, but they're not educated enough to to know any difference. So it's simple. Just what's the definition of woke? Okay, so you're against that. What's what's the definition of Antifa? So if you're anti Antifa, then you're pro fascism. Like yeah. I, I, yeah, like I. Again, if you if you approach people like that, you're not going to get anywhere. And well, what, what, the what's the polar op- always- What's the polar opposite of woke? Apparently, it's asleep. You want to be fucking asleep, or you want to be woke? Well, Republicans are asleep on a lot of fucking things. To be perfectly honest with you, and they're they're prideful of that. Yeah, they are, and and they're unwilling to admit they're wrong. And that's, you know, I'm going to have to wrap things up here, but that's the last thing I'll give you as a young man. The one thing you probably already have, but a lot of people don't have. The one thing I've learned in my 62 years is don't be afraid of being wrong. People are desperate when they feel like they're wrong. And instead of fixing it, they will double down and try to prove to you how they are not wrong. But when you don't admit you're wrong, you end up going off a cliff and fucking yourself over. Being wrong is, is is fine. I'm wrong all the time, as my wife will point out daily. But if I'm wrong, I'm going up to that. I'm saying, okay, this is wrong. Okay, I'm cool with that. That doesn't hurt my feelings. That doesn't make me a bad person. I'm going to back up and say, how do I do it right? And then I get to keep moving forward as opposed to being stagnant or going over the cliff. It seems like a simple choice, but it's so hard for so many people. Uh, yeah, I, th- that's very true. I, I experience that every single day with what I do and being a business owner and being married myself and all of the different things. If you're wrong and you're able to step away from it and be like, you know, that, that was fucked up. I shouldn't have said that. Or I messed up that project or I, whatever. Um, if you're able, when it comes to relationships, if you're able to go to that person and be like, humble yourself and be like, you know, I, I really apologize. I was out of line. It really strengthens the relationship that you have with that person. It, it never ends in like that person being like, yeah, you were fucking, you lower the temperature and you, you try to learn from it. If you apologize to someone and you don't change what you're apologizing for, you, you're just manipulating that person anyways. Absolutely. Well, Dennis, we're out of time. We're actually over time. But again, as I've always said, my fucking show, I'll go as long as I want. But <laughs> but but I've got I've got to talk to somebody here in the next 10 minutes. And, and so we're going to wrap it up. I want to thank you for awesome. joining me on the show. I had a good time. It's a good conversation. So we need to do it again sometime soon if you're up for it. Thank you, Mike, for having me. I would absolutely love to come on here. This is a good opportunity for me to uh, 
So one, learn from someone that's, that's my, my senior and, uh, you know, I have a conversation that I probably normally wouldn't have. So this is a good outlet for me and I appreciate you, you having me on. All right. Well, thank you very much. And to the folks listening, thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend with us here on the Rational Boomer podcast. I hope you have a great day and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.